You're listening to a weekly podcast made by Miami Dolphin fans for Miami Dolphin fans. Your source for entertaining Dolphin news, insight, and general conversation. Here's your host, Michael Fink. Welcome, everyone. This is Mike from the Fin Fans Podcast. Uh, tonight with me, I have Jim Johnson. Good evening, all. Uh, Daniel's not with us tonight. He had some family business to take care of. Uh, so we're going to kind of go it alone here. I hope I hope we can get by without him. Yeah, I know it's going to be tough, right? <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to talk. We're going to be a little more topical tonight than we normally are. Uh, normally, we do a recap of the game and uh, a big look ahead. Now we're going to do a little bit of that, but we're not going to do a whole bunch. So uh, we'll start off uh, real quickly, Jim. Uh, what did What did you want to say about the Viking game uh, Sunday? Well. We've been saying right along that that you know we we are who we are, uh, and you know we all predicted as far as us in our podcast that the Vikings had the edge and would probably take the victory. You know we pointed out some weaknesses. We pointed out the the Vikings defensive line against our offensive line, and boy, that was pretty obvious in that game that they they teed off on us at the end and and even earlier on. Uh, they had a game plan that 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 worked really get a good against our weaknesses, and we couldn't really answer it. So there's not really much I can say other than you know they outplayed us, they out uh, game planned us, and uh, you know we gotta we gotta look to next week now. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know when their when their uh, strengths match up against your strengths, it it makes for a difficult game. And what I mean by that is their secondary matched up on our receivers. You know, you consider our receivers somewhat of a strength, uh, even though we're a bit depleted. Yeah, right. Um, so, you know, if they were able to shut those guys down, how are we going to move the ball? We're certainly not going to match them score for score running the ball. So that made offense quite difficult. And then their pass rush on uh, Tannehill was obvious. Uh, you know, our offensive line is not going to handle their defensive line. We didn't think so going in, and it didn't happen on Sunday. Right. Uh, so, you know, it was really a pretty predictable result, and I think all three of us did did uh, predict it. Uh, maybe not to that degree. I think I, I picked 27-17, and that score was actually there for a while. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. uh, things broke away from us late, and that's the way it goes. Yeah, I don't think any of us thought the wheels would come off completely in the fourth quarter like it did, but yeah. hey, that that's the way it goes. Yeah, especially when you're on the road. When you're on the road, things tend to get away from you if you're not uh, playing at a high level. For sure. So one of the other things to come out of that game was uh, Frank Gore got hurt. Yeah, that's that's just something you hate to see. Yeah, uh, especially with a guy like that, you know, later on in his career and, and really uh, breaking a lot of records uh, for yardage and, uh, you know, cons- uh, consecutive games. You just hate to see that happen, you know. You'd like to see his streaks continue, uh, especially being a Miami guy, you know. Uh, but it is what it is, you know. It's football. It hurts. <laughs> so we'll yeah, this- see if they bring him back next year. Yeah, there's there's not much you can do about it. I mean, guys get hurt all the time, but that's that's an injury that's that's painful to see. Like you mentioned, you know, he's he's an he's an aging vet. Uh, you don't know how much gas he's got left in the tank. And uh, I I would have loved to have seen him, you know, get up closer to breaking another couple of records, and uh, you know, maybe another year in, as a dolphin, and uh, 
you know, finish out his career. But, you know, I hope this is a relatively easy injury to overcome and, and he's back in aqua and orange next year. Yeah, I want to talk a little bit about injuries real quick because a lot of people are blaming the trainers. And uh, if you're watching a lot of these injuries, they're really not injuries that any type of training is going to prevent. When uh, you're running and somebody falls on the back of your legs, you're not preventing that injury. Come on now, there's special stretches for that. Yeah, well, there isn't. And when you're a quarterback <laughs> and you're and you're throwing the ball and somebody hits you right in the arm and, and knocks your arm out of axis, there's no uh, training for that. You know, it, it's it's just the force of the game. Yeah, or if a lineman steps on your ankle or something, that, exactly. that doesn't, that doesn't yeah. help either. So And so many of these injuries have been contact injuries. We're not getting a lot of soft tissue injuries or injuries that uh, – you know, maybe a little better uh, performance workout would, would solve. I think we've just been a bit unlucky, and, and more so not with the amount of injuries, because as other people have pointed out, uh, the injuries that we've had is pretty much average with the rest of the league. With, with us, it's more about who's been hurt rather than the number of people that have been hurt. Yeah, key uh, position players key positions, have been going down. Exactly. Yeah. So we've been unlucky, and that's, you know, you're going to have years like that. It, it, it happens. Uh you know, we had some injuries last year, and obviously Tannehill being the big one, but it wasn't uh, as bad last year as it is this year. I mean, losing Wilson and Grant, uh, you know, that took a lot of our offense off the shelf. Never and, mind Kilgore and sitting out of the middle of the line. Right, exactly. You know, it's just it's been a bad year, uh, just a tough year, and that happens. You know, you're going to have years like that. On a more positive note, uh, Xavier Howard is going to the Pro Bowl. Yeah, and that's that's fantastic to see one of your draft picks that's climbing the ladder and and is obviously on top of his game and you know he's got uh, what seven interceptions leading the yes, league. Yes, he does. And you know that's just a great thing to see. Uh, the only thing is that uh, it's going to cost us money to keep him. So. <laughs> it's fantastic that he's made the Pro Bowl. Uh, you know, he deserves it. He's a top corner out there in the league, and uh, that's that's kudos to him. And it's it's just unfortunate that he's basically the only one that made the Pro Bowl, but uh, it tends to be a bit of a popularity contest. And, uh, you know, if you're not doing a lot of winning, you're not that popular a team. So, True. you know, that's the way those Pro Bowl picks go a lot of times. Well, the coaches, I guess, pick some people uh, before it's all said and done, and it wouldn't shock me if Tunzel ended up there as well. Yeah, I, I was thinking that Tunzel should have made it. Uh, there's only, what, two two left tackles in all of football that haven't allowed a sack, and, uh, you know, that's a pretty damned important statistic for a left tackle, and uh, he didn't get the nod. So, you know, it is what it is, and uh, you keep on plugging. All right, so tell me, uh, Jim, are you a fan of bringing in Joe Flacco? Uh, let me think. No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, you know, the guy's got a Super Bowl ring and all, and that's fantastic. But, you know, that was years ago, and he really hasn't had a lot of success uh, getting very far since then. They've, have, they've had a dominant defense, and... They have had games where they've done very well, and Flacco's got a lot of statistics put up. Uh, but he's also had some games where he's thrown four or five interceptions and looked very badly. Um, 
he's not a young guy anymore, so there's not a lot of, you know, his ceiling isn't going to going to get higher. Uh, and he's going to cost a lot of money. So to me, it's another sideways move that your gambling is going to be better than, than Tannehill. And new system, new scenario, I don't see it happening. So I'd just as soon uh, take a pass on Joe Flacco. Yeah, I feel the same way. You know, he plays with a pretty good defense, and, and maybe not so much this year, but in years past, he's he's played with a really good defense. And uh, when you play with a really good defense, you should have really good stats because you're getting the ball more often than most other teams. Yep. And uh, I don't think his stats are where, where they should be if he was the quarterback that most people would like him to be. No, for that reason, I, I don't, I'm not sold on Joe Flacco. I really never have been. Now, we posted an article on the page uh, written by a gentleman by the name of Kyle Krabs from the uh, Draft Network. And I thought that a lot of what he wrote was very, very similar to some of the things that I had been saying over the past few weeks. He has a, a plan for how he would fix the Dolphins. And uh, his plan is very, very similar to what I was thinking. It sure uh, is. Yeah, so, you know, I mean, it, it it's a process, guys, and, and I know that nobody wants to hear that. Everybody wants it fixed now. They want the offense to go out there and score 35 points a game and the defense to go out there and give up 17. I get it. but uh, 17 points is too many on the defensive side. Well, on, yeah, it know. might be. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll see. You know, I think we'll put, nine, we'll, nine. Nine is good. Yeah, yeah nine's yeah. a good number unless you, <laughs> unless you score eight, you know. <laughs> But, uh, you know, I look, they've been drafting well, and we've said this before, but they've been drafting well. People have to look at the big picture and stop being so focused on the wins and losses right now. Uh, they have Tunsil, who's turned out to be what we thought he might be when he was drafted. Uh, they have Howard going to the Pro Bowl in, what, his third season? Yeah. Uh, you know, they, they got Balazs, who flashed an awful lot on Sunday. Yes, he did look uh, pretty got, good. They've got the kicker, Saunders, who looks like he's uh, going to be around a while. I mean, they've got a lot of young people that are contributing. Baker's another one. Um, yep, Jerome Baker's doing yeah, well. And, you know, I can go on and on. Uh, uh, Taylor, who's hurt, you know, yep. he's he's Vin played well. Vince Taylor. Even, yes. Ra even Raekwon McMillan. He's, he's improved. He's yes. the last six games, he's he's stepped it up, and that's that's great to see. So, like I'm saying, you got to look at the big picture. They are building something. As long as they're hitting on these draft picks, and you're never going to hit on them all like, you know, Charles Harris, but uh, as long as they're hitting on most of these draft picks and they're putting capable bodies in these positions, then you're making progress, and that's exactly what they're doing. Now, you know, we're judging Burke and we're judging uh, Gase based on a team that is not complete, and people have to understand that. We're not the Pittsburgh Steelers or the New England Patriots or, or the Los Angeles Rams. We're, we don't have that kind of talent. Uh, but we're competing. Uh, you know, we're 7-7. Seven and seven. We're competing. Yep, yep. And, who, you know, that's really all you can ask for at this stage. And, and people should be satisfied with that. And I understand the mediocrity merry-go-round. I get it. But this is a new regime. They're in their third year. So you can't hold them... To any standards 
longer than three years ago. You know, they came in, they took a year to assess the situation. Uh, they decided who they felt should stay and who shouldn't. The second year, they started making changes, and uh, we're where we are today. You know, it's, it is a process, and, and Gase alluded to that in one of his press conferences. He, he did say it was a process. He used those words, and uh, I think that's exactly what he's saying. I mean, the team is not going to come out and say we're rebuilding. They're just not going to do that because that's not good for ticket sales, and that's not good for selling a product, which is what is their ultimate goal. But uh, they are rebuilding, and I think if you look at the roster and all the people they've discarded, it's obvious that they're rebuilding. Now the question is, will they be be a better team when they're done? And uh, yeah, that's the that's the, the you know the twenty dollar question. Uh, and yeah. and I'm in agreement with you. You know that article made a lot of pretty sound points. You know it talked about the young guys and and our successful drafts pre- pretty much the last couple three years. Um, and something that everybody wants to try to forget about is that huge Indomitian Sioux deal really put us in cap hell. And a lot of us knew this was going to happen. Uh, you know, as every year progressed, it was going to continue to be a problem. And, uh, you know, I think we still have like $15 million in dead money uh, for this year. Uh, and we still have some to go next year. But... You know, you said that this this you know group has had the reins here for three years now, and they're still trying to clear cap problems from from that Indomitian and Sioux mess. So you know they've jettisoned some players uh, that weren't either going to be affordable or had you know bad attitudes or what have you. Uh, they're trying to get their pieces on the board, and they're drafting pretty damn well. Uh, so I like the direction they're going. Um, you know, we keep talking about we need a quarterback, we need competition, and, you know, the this upcoming draft isn't overloaded with quarterbacks, and you mentioned it being a process. Uh, I don't particularly see a guy that I want to throw a lot of capital into for quarterback. So, you know, you've got Ryan Tannehill that can still be on our roster next year. And if we were to release him, you're still going to carry, I think the number's like $13 million in dead monies for, right. seven, for 17, you know, for the following year. So I got a feeling that Ryan Tannehill is going to be under center again next year. And I think they're going to look to the 2020 draft for that for that key starting quarterback, uh, and they'll fill a lot of the other positions with this with this season's draft coming up. But you know, it remains to be seen how they plug and play with all you know with the moving pieces, um, and we're going to know a lot you know over the next couple of years. But to call for everybody's head and, you know, blow it up and start over. I mean, how is that going to make anything better right now? I mean, everybody wants to see a win on Sunday uh, and every and every weekend. But, you know, that just doesn't happen by snapping the fingers. It's got to be it's got to be a well laid out plan and it can take a few years to make happen. So uh, let's just hope they're on the right track. You know, when the head coach walked into L.A., he had some talent on that roster. Uh, Fisher had acquired some talent. Gase was not in a similar situation. 
when he walked into this team, most of the talent that he had was aging talent. You know, guys like Cam Wake and Rashad Jones. They did not have a, a quantity of younger players who were what we would consider pro bowlers. So, you know, that puts him in a different situation. There wasn't an Aaron Donald on this team. There wasn't anybody on this team that was, uh, you know, in the top 10% of their position groupings, you know. So that's why the rebuild, and, and that's why they're going the route they're going, and it takes time. Uh, you don't turn over a roster in one season. And, uh, you know, even when you turn it over, which is what they're doing, you still end up with the Kiko Alonzos and uh, uh, the Bobby McCains and players that, you know, you're getting by with and, uh, you know, getting inconsistent performance from. So uh, just because they've won out and acquired somebody doesn't mean that that's really the person that's going to end up in that position uh, when all is said and done. Now, I've said before, you know, if you guys listen to episode 17, I go through the whole story. But, you know, I've said before, I think they are shooting to be competitive in 2020. And uh, when I say competitive, I mean challenging for a playoff spot, not uh, uh, doing what we're doing this year and, and, and uh, uh, the riding the 500 line. The smoke and mirrors wins, you mean? Yeah, no, I, no, I would expect them to be competitive, uh, you know, and probably... Uh, a stronger football team uh and and then you know as your young quarterback hopefully which you have by then develops and and uh, the team builds some synergy you know they'll get better as they go from there yeah speaking about the uh our seven and seven record um you know i was looking at some some team stats today and uh i was looking at the total first downs that we've we've made this year uh we had 224 first downs, uh, which, you know, calculates out to like 16 first downs a game. Um, you know, while our opponents have gotten over 300 first downs, which is, you know, over 20 per game, you know, that, that makes a significant difference, um, you know, for time of possession, for lengths of drives, which normally leads to, you know, points on the board. Uh, which, you know, keeps the defense on the sideline and, you know, gets them rested and better able to make plays on the other side of the ball. Um, uh, you know, our offense has really struggled. Um, our opponents have gotten 1,400 more yards than we have. Um, you know, we've given up nine more touchdowns than we've scored. Yet we're still seven and seven. So this is an amazing feat that we've pulled off a five hundred record right now. So not bad for guys who can't coach, but they, they've got to fix the holes. Yeah, and how they've done it is you know, when you you look at the, the numbers, it's just like how in the world could they have won these games? Well, they're they're plus nine on the turnover ratio. So you know, those pick sixes and, uh, you know, the two and three interception games and fumble recoveries, you know, that turns the tides kick on. Kickoff returns. Yeah, kickoff returns, stuff like that. So, uh, you know, so we've won some games and really got out, you know, the other team outgained us yardage-wise. 
so if you look at the, the the stat lines, we really had no business winning those games, but we still put more points up, so we got the Ws. So, you know, it's not all bad like a lot of the fan base seems to think. Um, you know, Ryan Tannehill has had some really sound games this year, uh, and you know, oh, he's, that hurt. Yeah, I know. But hey, you know, you got to give him credit where credit is due. He's had some pretty damn good games. Which one? Well, I, I don't. <laughs> There's, there's there's not a lot, but I mean, I'm a very critical guy on Ryan Tannehill because he crumbles when it's most important, and that really frustrates me. But, um, I mean, you know, the, the, the show against the Vikings, I mean, the offensive line in that fourth quarter just looked like they'd already packed up and gone home. Uh, so if I was blocking for him, I'd pack up and go home too. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you can look at this from every different angle you want, but you know, I, it's, it's so frustrating when you, you can see watching TV that there's a play here or a play there, or why don't they try this or try that? Uh, and it's the typical armchair quarterback type of thing, but you can see it. It's there. So you're not you're not just fabricating it. it. It's there on the table. It's just not getting getting utilized. So, you know, play needs to improve, no doubt. But uh, you know, we're still 500 guys, and uh, you know, hey, what the heck? We can. Well, we I can... think that's the problem, Jim. We're still 500. Nobody likes that. You know, it's, yeah. it's like kissing your sister. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well. Yeah. I mean. Nobody likes mediocrity. Nobody wants to be average. You know, we all want to go to the playoffs. We get that. But if you look at this roster and then and then take out the guys that are injured, boy, you don't see a lot of Ws on the board at the end of the season when you start looking at that. So No, you don't. Uh, you know, I mean, us as a lot of our fan base, you know, you just, you're just a blind Dolphin fan and you don't really get too deeply into the details and the hows and the whys and, and the how comes of the whole thing. Uh, you're just upset that they didn't play well and, and, you know, do something, anything to make it better. And, uh, Sometimes that's not the best way to go, and you gotta you gotta wait it out and hope for the best. Well, you know you gotta do what the team does. They're gonna dig into it and figure out why the things that are going wrong are going wrong. It's not just they're going wrong. Fire the defensive coordinator. It's why is it going wrong? You know. And uh, I'm not a big fan of Burke. I don't I don't think many people are. But my reasons for not being a big fan of his have more to do with I don't feel like. He's quick to adjust. I don't feel like he's quick to send blitzes. I don't feel like he's as aggressive as I'd like him to be uh, with a defense that's clearly undermanned. Uh, and when you're undermanned, I think you have to be a little more aggressive. You have to make things happen. And, and he's not, in my opinion, doing that as much as he should. So that that's my reason for, for not necessarily being in Burke's corner. Um, but with that said... When the offense is as inefficient as, as you say it is, Jim, uh, that puts the defense in a real bad position, and it's going to be tough over the course of a season to do well when that's the case. So the offense hurts the defenses as well as uh, the defense giving up, giving up points pressures the offense. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a, a balance. You know, the Dolphins, I think, I'm not sure exactly how many three and outs they go in a game, but it's too many. It's it's way too many for me. Um, you know, they struggle on first down, second down, third down. They they don't seem uh, whether it's play calling, execution, blocking, 
the quarterback reading, you know, a play development or any of the above, they're just not getting it done. And uh, you can blame the quarterback, you can blame the offensive line, you know, the receiver dropped the ball, you know, there's, there's some blame to go in many different places. Uh, but there always is when you lose. Oh, <laughs> That's yeah. just the way oh, it is. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. And, you know, it's just frustrating to see them, you know, they did score, they do score some touchdowns and, you know, a lot of them are on uh, a home run play, you know, uh, uh, Wilson scored a couple, you know, short pass touchdowns. Grant did. And then uh, Bellage and, and uh, oh, Bolden against the Patriots. You know, those yeah. are those are one-play touchdowns. And uh, while they're fantastic, you know, it kind of, if, if you look back to the box score again, you can see that they didn't really complete many first downs, but they did score enough points to win. So, um you know, it's definitely a balance, and if you keep turning the ball back to the to the other team's offense, that gives them more opportunities to score. And seldom do you do you win those games. You know, coming into the season, I think Gase had the right idea. You know, he wanted to be faster and he wanted to be more explosive, much like the Chiefs and the Rams. Uh, now, granted, he he didn't have that talent and wouldn't have had that talent even if everybody was healthy, but. Uh, schematically it was similar you know he wanted to have uh receivers who could stretch the field and, and could make the big plays and uh, uh be a threat to the defense every time they touch the ball and uh, obviously you know that kind of fell apart uh, and that fell apart really early in the season when the offensive lineman went down uh, and then it was magnified when uh, wilson and then grant went down uh, so I think you got to take it a little bit easy on Gase because he really couldn't run the offense he wanted to run. That uh, uh, was kind of doomed from the start, much like last year was doomed for the, from the start when Tannehill went down. Uh, but it's just a matter of keep adding pieces and keep adding pieces. And when you do that, these type of injuries won't derail you as much. But with our lack of depth, it's, it's every time you get an injury, it hurts. Yeah, and it's not that easy to shift gears on an offensive scheme either. You know, you wanted to go up tempo and and kind of West Coast spread the field and and you know be a fast scoring team. Uh, you know, and then you have a couple of pieces go out and okay, well let's do something different. Well, well he has to. He's trying to protect the quarterback. Yeah, but you know you don't have the bodies on. You don't have the bodies there on offense to uh, suddenly become a power running team or right. a or a you know a double tight end set all the time. You know it. You, you just well, if our tight ends can block, that would help. Well, yeah, or not fall down. But right. uh, you know, <laughs> it's it's you know it seems easy to just well do something else. Well, if if you don't have the right players, now you're driving you know square pegs and round holes, and that doesn't work either. So. You know, it's it's I can I can't imagine the stress that's got to go through that coaching office. Uh, you know, you see some of these coaches that look like their head's going to explode on the sideline sometimes. And you know, I know Jimmy Johnson and and uh, you know some of these old time coaches. You know, they were having a fit out there. And you know, Don Shula, I've seen him chew on officials, and you know, just you know, he's mad. You know, and. Uh, the stress that goes into these coaching positions is going to be uh, beyond our comprehension. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and it, it's it's daily. It's not uh, just on Sundays. Uh, 
Nope. Uh, but, you know, hey, look, you know, they're, they're going to get there. It's just a matter of everybody having the patience to sit through this and watch them build. Uh, you know, we, we in April, we'll, we'll have a draft. We'll talk about it beforehand, and uh, they'll add some more pieces. And, and before you know it, uh, we're going to have some um, decent quality players uh, in addition to the Howards and the Tunsils and the guys we have now. Uh, Fitzpatrick, we didn't mention him. Uh, you know, it just it, it takes time. We're getting there. We we really are. So people have to understand that. Um, so that aside, uh, we have Jacksonville this week, and I'm not going to spend a great deal of time talking about Jacksonville, other than to say the fans up here in, in Jacksonville sound exactly like you know the, what we're reading on on the Dolphins. You know, everybody's terrible. Uh, Jalen Ramsey shouldn't have said the stuff he said, and just like people were on. Uh, Rashad Jones for saying what he said. Well, Jalen Ramsey said, you know, hey, I'm only thinking about me. And that yeah. comment didn't come off well because it was taken out of context, you know. Right, right. Uh, but anyway, uh, it's just funny because it's like a carbon copy of, of what we're hearing and seeing about the Finns. You know, when you lose, everything sounds terrible. And when you lose, everything they're doing is wrong. Exactly. Uh, it's it's just the way it goes. It's easy to point fingers. Yes, yes. Just relax. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, even Rogers isn't having a very good year this year, and uh, that's right. That relax thing isn't uh, isn't getting it done this yeah. year. Did, did you read that uh, Joe Philbin hasn't named the starter for Sunday? Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Uh, he, he's que- he's a little bit queasy about <laughs> he's that. He's a little bit queasy. He's, he's kind of queasy uh, about that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, you had so- you had something you wanted to say about Jacksonville? Did yeah, you? I'll. Uh, I'll touch base on Jacksonville game. Um, you know, you're looking at the the matchups. Uh, you know, our teams are very similar in that we're struggling on offense to score many points. Um, the big difference is, is Jacksonville has one of the best defenses in the NFL. They're rated the sixth best defense. Um, they're giving up a lot less yards than what we are. Uh, it's going to be difficult for us as a struggling offense to generate a lot. Now, we just played the Vikings who have a stout uh, defensive line. You know, the Jaguars have a very good defensive line as well. You know, they got Calais Campbell and uh, Marcel Darius in that that defensive line, and Darius has hurt us many times before. Um, so this this defensive line can do a lot of damage. They probably don't blitz quite as much as the Vikings do, so that should help a little bit. But it's still going to be a struggle uh, for the Dolphins to be very effective on offense. But I think being at home will help. They've been very successful at home. Um, of course, you know it's a Florida game, so it's it's probably not a huge advantage either for either team, but. Uh, Hopefully the Dolphins can muster enough uh, mismatches to uh, put some more points up on the board. I will say one of the biggest uh, differences in the two teams, um, when you look at their statistics, you know, the, the Jacksonville's offense is rated 26, just ahead of us, who's 29th. And, you know, the points scored, points allowed, things like that. Uh, Jacksonville has actually outscored their opponents by a little bit, where we have been outscored by a substantial amount. Uh, The biggest issue, though, with Jacksonville is they're minus 12 in the turnover ratio, where we're plus 9. 
So we're taking the ball away and Jacksonville is giving it away. So, you know, they're getting more more yards on the ground and everything, but they're giving the ball away. So uh, you can't be successful as an offense when you're giving it up. So um, it should be a tough, hard-fought game. Um, you know, and it's going to come down to whichever team has, you know, wants it the most, I think, down there in South Florida. So hopefully uh, the Dolphins can pull off a win down there. And we'll see. It's like you said, you know, is Jacksonville going to want it? Uh, is Miami going to want it? Uh, we'll find out Sunday. Yeah, and, you know, this time of year when you get two teams that are on the bubble, um, you know, there's a percentage of the guys on each team that are in their contract year. And, you know, an extra sack or two or an extra interception or, you know, uh, you know, a 150-yard game on the ground, uh, that – that can earn them dividends come paycheck time next year. So, you know, there's going to be some guys that are really wanting it and some others that are just like, well, I don't want to hurt myself for next year. So that's right. It's kind of a, it's kind of a, a tough game to predict. I mean, I, I want to say the dolphins are going to come out and rebound. Um, but boy, if Jacksonville starts teeing off on a quarterback, like, like the Vikings did. And it, I got to say, if I'm, Jacksonville's defensive coordinator, I'm just going to make a carbon copy of what the Vikings did to the Dolphins and see what happens. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it's all about the matchups and uh, how the game plays out. So we'll have to see how it goes. Yeah, but we will. Uh, I hope Brian has his life insurance uh, premiums paid to date. <laughs> there you go. That's it, you know, and then, you know, if, if that's all taken care of, Lauren will be good, and, and we'll see if he survives. There you go. There you go. Well, I, well I'm hoping he'll survive. Um, you know, whether he's in traction or not, I don't know. But well, yeah, that could be. You know, how much worse could it be, actually, after nine sacks up there in Minnesota? So um, he may have a little more grass on him in Sunday since it's natural turf down there in Florida. But uh, uh -huh. We'll we'll see how it goes. I gotta hope that that offensive line is is pissed off after that mess and uh, they grit. God, you would think so, wouldn't you? Yeah, you you gotta think that after a while you just grit your teeth and get it done. I mean, they played so well against the Patriots, but uh, it just didn't happen. But against in, the in fairness, it wasn't just the line; it was the tight ends, it was the running backs, it was the quarterback, it was all of them. Oh yeah, no, it was it was not. You know, there was drop balls, there was missed missed wide open receivers and, and, you know, bad pocket awareness. There was all sorts of things to pick on. But yeah. and at the end of the day, the Vikings outplayed them. Absolutely. So uh, the next couple of weeks, uh, the holidays, and I want to wish everybody uh, happy holidays and uh, happy new year. And uh, we may or may not uh, have a show the next couple of weeks. We'll uh, let you know if you see us. If you don't, we'll be back after the first. Yeah, definitely uh, happy holidays to everybody and Merry Christmas if you celebrate that. And uh, I hope everybody has a great new year and uh, enjoys football and Christmas and the family functions and everything. Yeah. Should be should be fun. There you go. So... All right, everybody, I want to thank everyone for listening, and uh, we'll look forward to doing this again. You guys have a good night. Good night, all. Fins up. Fins up. <laughs>